0: I am Dan McCutcheon.
1: It's really good to be able to just talk to you, Uh, and I'm excited just to sit down and talk to you. I know a little bit about your story, but I want to start off by just, again, just as always, just talking about what it was like for you before you became a Christian, before you really accepted Christ as your Savior.
0: Well, I was brought up in church my whole life. Obviously, I was brought up Roman Catholic.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, uh, we went to church, we went to mass every every Sunday, went to catechism.
1: So you that was pretty regular
0: in mass. Oh life. yeah, so very you guys regular. Were very dedicated. Oh yeah, very dedicated. Every Sunday, went to catechism, went through the whole confirmation, communion, first holy communion, ba- baptism as a baby. Uh-huh. So, uh, but you know, um, I started to notice when I moved south that you know that as I grew a little older in my mid twenties that. Uh, the Catholic faith was, you know, I, I needed a little more. I needed a little more. And I was, uh, so I was kind of looking. And plus, it doesn't hurt when you go down south, only 2% of the population is Roman Catholic. So you don't have a lot of options. <laughs> <Yeah>. Everybody's Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> so so I went, uh, I started attending different churches, actually, from, from uh, uh, all the way from uh, Baptist to, you know, I went to the Catholic church for a while, and then I went uh, all the way to, the uh, Holy Roller, so to speak. So I kind of got a, a, a mixture, uh-huh. and uh, but settled on on Southern Baptist, and then. Well, it uh, strikes
1: me that you mentioned that there was just something missing. It seemed like from, you know, can you describe that a little bit more? Well,
0: just a little bit. You know, I felt like obviously the the, the priest would talk about the the Gospels, but I noticed that you never really went anywhere else into the Bible other than the four Gospels. You just kind of stayed right there. That was that was your Sunday Mass, and you know, we referred to the Bible, but you didn't really study the Bible. And, and so it was uh, a little different. And then things, things started, you know, like the priest forgiven me instead of God and little things that you just think, well, you know, that's, that's different. That's what I've done my whole life. But, uh, but it seems like there ought to be a little more.
1: Yeah. And uh, so um, as I um, and was that an internal thing that you started feeling, or was that like just noticing other people or having conversations? with?
0: Well, a, a combination. Okay. It was internal,
1: uh-huh. uh, definitely internal.
0: But then in the South again, um, it wasn't. It wasn't if you went to church; it's when you went to church. <laughs> 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 and so <The> Bible Belt. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. And it was like, where are you going to church? Where are you going to church? Where are you going to church? You know. And uh, so that's where you you know you went to church. And so yeah. I was kind of pushed a little bit by by tradition down in the South. And I was young and impressionable. And then I was also uh, looking for a kind of a change. So it was kind of a good combination. God was working on me, and
1: and people were working on me. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, and then was when you say people were working on was it was a combination of co-workers or
0: yeah a lot of co-workers I was a school teacher at that point in my career okay and uh, so a lot of teachers would uh, coaches you know they'd want me to come to church with them awesome. uh, go you know go go visit with them and, and uh, so I was because also I didn't know anybody down there I'd t- taken this job in Jacksonville, North Carolina and oh, I didn't wow. I didn't know anybody. Um, and so, uh, well, my brother. My brother came down. Okay. And uh, so um, he was work But it wasn't long, and he was working down on the beach in construction. And so he. we weren't living together. So so it was one of them deals where I so was kind of by you, myself.
1: Did you guys move down together? Did he move before you? He or? moved down with me. Okay. He moved
0: down with me. And uh, and he got a job on the beach. And one day oh, he had a job. He wow. was wow. in construction. And uh, and then he, uh, uh, he brought my cousin down and but then they got a job at the beach they were building this big so they went and got an apartment down at the beach instead of driving clear up from jacksonville uh-huh. so i was kind of by myself uh until about a year later when you know my future wife at that time would come down and then mm-hmm. she started teaching as well but uh, okay. for a year there or so i was pretty well by myself so where did you go to school at i mean like at college i went to high university here okay. in athens uh-huh. and uh I was a bit of a wanderer. I didn't. I didn't want to stay here. I was getting out of this little town. I didn't want. I was going to turn the world upside <laughs> down, and uh, so I was going to live near the beach and, uh-huh. you know, uh, tackle the world and all that good stuff. And yeah. and uh, so I, I I took a job in North Carolina. What I did is I rode ahead and I told uh, these counties. I said I'm coming down this week in July, and I'd like to interview. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so I'll be in your town on such and such day. So I started in like Greensboro, North Carolina, and then I went to Burlington, and I went to uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, and Jacksonville, and uh, New Berns. You know, a few towns down in there along the coast. And uh, the day I got back to Ohio, my dad said, "Hey, uh, some principal named Alex Boyle called you, and he wants to interview you. He wants you there Monday." Oh, so wow. This was like. Saturday, you know, so, um, <laughs> so anyway, but I, uh, had another interview that day in, in, uh, in, uh, a little town in Virginia. So I drove over for that town <laughs> that was a funny story that's the only time i've ever they say if you drive really late and you don't get enough sleep you'll start seeing like funny creatures go across the road like purple dragons and everything (laughs) and and that's true because i drove that day like six hours it was way over in the eastern panhandle and out in that part of virginia yeah and uh and then i interviewed got in the car drove six hours back so by the time i was getting close to parkersburg i was dragging and uh so um uh i saw these these purple dragons crossing the road. I'm like, what the heck? What's going on here? But, uh, That's when
1: you know you need some sleep. <laughs> you need a little sleep. You
0: need a little sleep. So, so then that I come in that day and then slept that night. And the next day left for North Carolina because they wanted to interview me right away.
1: And so how old were you at this time? Or you I just was 20, graduated.
0: yeah, 22, 23 years okay. old. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you, and you uh, taught for 13 years? 13 years. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I had taught one year up here when I graduated from OU. Uh, as a full-time sub over at Marietta, uh-huh. but I didn't get that teacher came back from maternity leave, so I didn't get a position, and uh, so I I thought, well, I'm going to go down south because uh-huh. you know I'd heard they were hiring, and and uh, so uh, and. Now, did, uh, do
1: you have like an expertise in like in math or? I social? was physical education. Oh, physical. But I had
0: taken three classes through the mail, at Utah State in oh. special needs. Oh, really? Yeah. So they hired me as a special needs teacher since I was such an expert. <laughs> And I taught behavior and emotionally handicapped. Yeah. Which I was by the end of the year. <laughs>
1: well, I'm sure that was a, kind of a, an experience, but was that rewarding or, you know?
0: It was, yeah, it was rewarding, all right. Um, it, was, it was tough. It was oh, really true. tough. That's the first time I really uh, got to know Satan because I had one kid that was actually demon possessed. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And he was. And it was really, really a difficult situation. Oh, but wow. those kids just came from such terrible my one girl I know she's she, her home was a dirt floor you know it was different uh, different world yeah um, and uh, so it was it was tough that was a tough year and then I I decided to go in it took me a couple of years well, actually it took me about four or five years before I finally got into elementary PE which is what I wanted to do yeah so but yeah you had to go through the had to go through the battle scars to get the position you wanted
1: so so going back to like when you um, you were starting to think about you know, your faith and, and people were starting to, you know, encourage you to go to church. What was that? How did that turn from, you know, not knowing Christ to your, you know, having that Catholic background and then really making Jesus really kind of like your, I guess, your Lord and Savior Absolutely. in that way? When did, how, did that, how did that part unfold? Well, that,
0: that's kind of a funny story because when you're, uh, by this time, a couple years later, uh, I was married. And two teachers, and we were both broke because, you know, it didn't make a lot of money. So uh, one of the teachers approached me about getting in the Amway business, which oh. I'd never, you know, I'd never even heard of Amway. I'm like, what is this? And so they told me about it, and, you know, all this stuff. So I got all excited, and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be my own business. So I went out and started building the business and talking to people and sharing. And, and well, before I knew it, I had, I had hit this achievement where they said, you know, you, you hit this level, so we're going to have a qualifier. You get to go to Kingston uh, dominion with us. And uh, you get to be with all these other people that have done what you've done and get to hear these motivational speakers. And I was like, yeah, this is great. So we went up and went to the amusement park and uh, we stay in the night. And so they said the next morning, if you would like to come back, we're going to have a non-denominational worship service. And I'm like, okay, so let's do that. So um, my wife and I, we went, went to the service and it was just one of the sales guys talking. He wasn't a preacher. But but he was talking from the Bible, talking from the Word, and he did an altar call, and I'm like, I'd never heard anything like this before. Yeah. You don't hear altar that's, calls in that's Catholic not, churches. yeah. So so I, uh, uh, my wife and I both went forward, and we're like, man, this is, this is fantastic. So we were all excited, and it was April Fool's Day, nineteen ninety. <laughs> that's one way to remember that that date (laughs) that's right it was april 1st 1990 uh i got saved i was about 25 something like that uh 24 i don't i can't remember exactly but but anyway um yeah and that started the journey so then um then i really got hungry hungry for finding the the right church for for us yeah and uh so we 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 bounced around and we ended up in 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 a southern baptist church and and uh and really, you know, I've been Baptist really ever since. But Yeah, uh,
1: it's kind of interesting. It sounds like that, that kind of opened your world to the, the Bible as a whole. It did. it did. Rather than just looking at the Gospels. Right. You were able to see the totality of yes. the Scriptures and yeah. and really dive into them more, it sounds like.
0: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was very hungry. And uh, I was watching a lot of the, t- the, the ministers on TV and... Um, just was really getting was really hungry hungry for the Lord and yeah. and doing a lot of that's also when I found out about tithing and uh, I'm like tithing I just thought you gave ten dollars every week
1: <laughs> no matter what you did ten bucks every week and so it's like Chinese ten minutes ten minutes that's
0: all right. but anyway uh, so uh, I thought oh tithing let's let's try this we didn't have a lot of money but yeah. I'll never forget um, the first time we tithed. And I'm not saying this will happen for everybody, but the first time we tithed, my wife came to me like the next day or the day after and said, oh, they made some kind of mistake in my pay. And I'm going to get like an extra $2,000 next week. I'm like, this tithing thing works. <laughs> so, um, and I have never quit tithing since then. Yeah. Ever. And I do believe that uh, uh, that the God will you know, as he talks about in Malachi, yeah. he will rebuke the devourer, and he will protect you, yeah. and uh, and I and not and, and he'll bless you. Maybe not financially, but you'll be you'll be blessed yeah. you in many many ways. You, you can't, can't outgive God. Can't yeah. outgive him. So yeah, uh,
1: and like you said, I liked how you added yeah. that too. That it's it's not maybe just back that financial way, right. but God's yeah. going to do other things in your life because you're honoring Him. You're putting Him first. Absolutely. And and really, it's that recognition that what you have god's the one that's given he's the giver he's the giver yeah. so we're
0: just borrowing it yeah and uh but but yeah that was but he gave us that money almost like see i told yeah. you and uh so but uh but yeah that's a i'm a big big believer in in the tithing
1: well and i think that's really cool too because that was a you know a moment where god's just kind of you know probably was one of that moment to kind of help to to kind of reinforce because you your faith at that point was, young christian yeah yep and you stepped out on a bigger leap of faith at that point right trusting god with that and then right. god's like see you know right you know I'd never you know. given
0: that money away that much money away before yeah, yeah. and uh, so but yeah it's uh it was that was that was exciting um
1: to see him work like that yeah so so let's you know I know your story a little bit, so I definitely want to make sure we talk about you know one of the major things that happened but is there any other uh you know valleys that you've been through in your life that that made it you know God allowed you to go through that was hard that was difficult, oh, yeah. even before you accepted christ, but even maybe after
0: oh yeah, yeah, I've been through lots of valleys, <laughs> so uh I can remember being um you know, in a in financial situation where, and it was dumb decisions. Being young and thinking that that you had the money to do things that you didn't do, yeah. uh, that you shouldn't have done. And uh, um, I remember um, we bought a brand new pickup truck, and uh, I can remember my uh, my wife's grandma and grandpa coming down and just kind of looking at that pickup truck and saying, hmm hmm because they knew uh, what we didn't know. And uh so and it wasn't long. We didn't we didn't have the finances that we needed to have and uh so it that that, that was a very, very difficult time in life when um you know, when the, the money wasn't there and, and uh and then on top of that there was some challenges with my wife that that uh, ended up, you know, costing us the marriage and uh it just was a very, very low part of my life where I was like, you know, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah. And um
1: What were some of the feelings? well you just
0: felt very empty you felt lonely you felt like where where's god at right now i need him and uh and uh i can't seem to find him anywhere um i can remember uh, i got an old junk car and i come up here and i was 32 years old something like that and uh i brought the car up clear up here to see my mom and dad and i went to um the car broke down. So I went to go get in a car and they wouldn't give, I didn't have credit to get a car. And I was so embarrassed and so mad. I'm like, here I am 32 years old and I don't have enough credit to get a car, to rent a car. And, uh, so my mom and dad, you know, helped me out and I borrowed, I paid every penny back, but, um, you know, it was, that was, that was low. That's when yeah. you're thinking you're supposed to be successful and take the world by the tail Yeah, and the world's got you by the tail.
1: And I'm sure being, a you know, I, you know, I kind of felt that way too in my thirties, you know, when things weren't quite working out for the way yeah. that I yeah. wanted them to, that, you know, you do take it, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, this is not what I saw. Right. You know, it kind of talking about that young person, you kind of think of yeah how things are going to turn out. And then, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And then it just, uh, you know, then you know, cost, my marriage was over, and I was um, down there at a point where I didn't want to teach school anymore. I was wanting to do something different, and uh, my uh, this was maybe a year or two later after the divorce and everything. Uh, my family come down to the beach. We'd come every every year. I'd find us a beach house, and we'd all pour our money together and rent a house on the beach there at Topso Island. And uh, so I was, and I had fortune. I had rented. <laughs> You know, I was renting this house, you know, I was renting, uh, uh, you know, a house about as big as Adam's office here. This was the whole house. And uh, so I was... um, Really cozy. Oh, yeah, I was was cozy. And uh, so um, I was going, the the lady that owned the house was an elderly lady, and she had a big house beside me, and she had a beach house. So she rented us the beach house. And she told me, she said, and the family was all leaving on Saturday, she said, "Uh, Dan, I'm not i'm not renting that again till tuesday why don't you just stay down there for two or three days by yourself and you know enjoy it yeah no charge oh wow. so i i was down there by myself at the beach and walking on the beach and and i just it just god was speaking to me and i you know he was just telling me you know it's time it's time it's time to go back to ohio yeah so so i you know packed up and when you got a house you know as big as a jack you don't you don't need pack too much so I <laughs> packed up what I had and uh, come on up come on up moved in with my brother and because uh, again I was I was broke uh, uh-huh. so I was uh, trying to find a job and that's when I got into sales uh-huh. and started selling um, you know I worked for Sears and oh, just did start, you? yeah okay, worked for so Sears worked. for a while over here and I sold a uh, bench uh, worked for Rose chemical company and sold greases and benches and and I the sales thing was kind of my calling I was like you know, I just have to talk, and I get paid. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I know how to talk, and uh,
1: so. Uh, well, and I you, think that one of the things that I think that you're good at too is, is you, you don't let you have a confidence to to be able to talk to people. Like mm-hmm. you you don't you don't let fear stop you, and I think that's one of the things I respect about you is that you you know you just you, you one you're humble, and two you you're, you don't let fear keep you from. You know, engaging with people and talking to people, and I think for a lot of people, that, that sometimes keeps them from really having conversations.
0: It, it yeah, it, it does. And I, and I learned that again. I hate to, get, I'm not selling Amway because, I, you know, but I, <laughs> they taught me to read a bunch of books and listen to tapes, and these books were like, I never read nothing like this before and it was like Dale Carnegie How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, yeah. You know, you look at people and you smile yeah. and they can't do this if you're doing this. You know, and you get them to say yes six or seven times and you yeah. and you don't do it in a way that is robotic cuz you can tell when you got a robotic salesman, you you know, it's it's no fun. Yeah. But you got to you got to get good at it where, you know, you're just having a conversation and and you mm. learn to look at people in the eye cuz people don't want you looking down when they're, you know, so look at people in the eye, you shake, give a firm handshake and you'd learn things that I didn't know that, you know, you don't learn that in school. They don't teach you a lot of that stuff. So, um,
1: it's funny because you think the books that you should be learning. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Some of that
1: information would be at least passed down. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But it's, it's not. So you, you know, you read books like the magic of thinking big and, and you, and, and all those books as you read them are all Christian based. Yeah. Every one of them. If you plant over here, you will reap oh, over here, yeah. but if you if you plant crap, you're going to get crap. Yeah. But if you plant good stuff, you'll get good stuff. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's what a lot of people don't learn or don't don't realize that you you know sometimes you're not going to get a sale over here, but you still have to make the effort and go through and do the process because it's going to come up over there. Yeah. And you don't know that. Um, so, but yeah, that's where I learned a lot of that.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about you know the one that. That we definitely want to make sure we share and talk about, and, and I was just thinking about—I I don't know the age you were at this time when you had this. Well, um, that
0: was that was about the same time I was going through all this mess
1: oh, really? with the financial mess, uh-huh.
0: and uh, so I was about thirty-one years old, something wow. like that, and um, so
1: it probably felt like, man, it can it get any worse? I know
0: that was really a really a low low time in my life. Everything yeah. that could go wrong was going wrong, and um, so I went to the doctor. Because things weren't operating right in the bedroom, and uh, so I was like, "What's going on here?" I'm only thirty-one years old. Yeah. So the I went to a urologist, and the urologist, you know, he said, "Your testosterone is like way, way low." He said, "You should be way up at thirty-one years old." So he said, "I'm going to do a. We want to do some tests." So, so anyway, they did some tests, and uh, (laughs) I'll never forget. Um, I was teaching class. I was teaching PE. And I had a class, and they said, uh, McCutcheon, you got a phone call. So I went back and got the phone call. Now, oh, this is Dr. So-and-so. Yeah. Well, we got your test back. Looks like you got a tumor in your head.
1: They said that <laughs> over the That's about how he said it. Yep. They said that so over the phone. You got a tumor
0: in your head about the size of a walnut. And uh, I said, is this serious? He said, yeah, yeah, we need to get you in here. You're going to need to get you know get this taken care of. Wow. So, okay. Went back and to class. <laughs> <laughs> so that was mr. professional there if you're a doctor don't do it that way but anyway yeah, um was
1: that like in the morning afternoon when yeah, did you it was, get that call
0: it's like noon or
1: something i don't know oh, what wow, it was, so you but, still had to face the rest of your day right really right could, right who, who so. did you talk to about that after i mean who did you share that with well, I'm I think, sure I'd so share it with my wife. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to yeah, ask, you yeah. were still married still at that time. Still married point. at that time, yeah. So you, the divorce happened maybe 32, or? Yeah. Know, later yeah, on. about that. About, it, okay. about a
0: year or two later, two okay. years later. So. so anyway, I ended up going to, to uh, the urologist and looking at everything. And so then I went to my family doctor. And then I'm like, what's going to happen? He said, well, they got to take this tumor out. And the problem was the tumor was wrapped up in my optic nerve, it was all right behind my, it was a prolactin tumor uh, non-cancerous, but pretty serious because, you know, it's in your optic nerve. They couldn't believe why I wasn't going blind or wasn't having vision problems. And, uh, so anyway, but it threw all my hormones off and everything. So, so I said, well, who's, who, uh, who's good at taking these things out? Cause this looks like a tricky one. And, uh, they said, well, there's three doctors. There's one in Atlanta. Uh, there's one at Duke and there was one in, I can't remember the other city. Well, it didn't take long to calculate because the insurance would only cover the one at Duke because yeah. I was in North Carolina. So I'm like, I'm going to Duke. So, <laughs> so went up there, and uh, and the guy said, Well, um, I've done a lot of these surgeries, and yours is is difficult because it's all wrapped up in the op- optic nerve, and so we're only going to get about fifty percent of it probably because we can't we can't do it by laser. Or we'll damage your optic nerves, yeah. so we have to go in and pull it out piece by piece. So they. Um, so it was the day after Thanksgiving, and uh, is when my surgery was. I remember that. And went into Duke, and, um, and you're up on this ward where all these people are, you know, are dying. And they they're, don't give you a big encouragement because all yeah. these people are in serious problems. So uh, we did the surgery, and I was supposed to be in the surgery about two and a half hours because they had to have an hour and a half to go. Th- they went behind my nose, so they took my nose and cut it and went, kind of pushed it off and then went through my head to get to the optic nerve. And then, then it said it would take about an hour or so to get the tumor, as much as they could get out. So, but anyway, they, they come out of surgery in an hour and a half. Yeah. And my uh, minister was up there, some friends, my mom, a lot of my brothers come up and, or come down. And uh, that, that doctor was shaking his head. You know, of course, I didn't know this. I, I, they told me. They said I, said, I ain't never seen nothing like this in my life, he said. He said, I've done over 200 of these surgeries. And he said, we went in there. The, do- the ear, nose, and throat doctor took an hour and a half to get in there. And uh, he said, when we got in there, I I went in then to start pulling the tumor out. And he said, it literally rolled out of your head like a dead, shriveled up raisin, like something had killed it. And uh, he said, I picked it up, looked around for 20 minutes. I couldn't find no other sign of the tumor. We sewed you back up. And I've never had a problem. That's awesome. And uh, it was amazing. And I can remember when the miracle happened because um, we were in Myrtle Beach again Anyway, I had qualified for this thing at Myrtle Beach. And uh, so some of these people, after we had our meetings, I was feeling pretty miserable. This was the week prior to the surgery. And one of my buddies down there said, hey, uh, somebody would like to pray with you. Is that okay? And I said, absolutely. So after the meetings were over, we went back in a room, and there was about five of us. And uh, they sat my wife and I down like this. And and, uh, they had one guy that was a part-time minister, and he came out, and he said, uh, "How do you feel about the surgery next week?" And I said, "Oh, I feel great. God's going to take care of me. There ain't no problem." Well, he looked at my wife, and she started boohooing. She wasn't quite having the same faith I was. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, they said, "Well, we're, we'd like to pray with you." So he started praying, and we were all holding hands. And I can't explain it other than what I experienced, which was it felt like in my head that heaven opened and and the power of the Holy Spirit come down. And this warmth went in my head and circled my head and then went out both my arms. And every, And then it transferred around the room because everybody felt it.
1: That's awesome.
0: And so we knew something had happened. Yeah. And so when the doctor come back and said, I ain't never seen nothing like this before. I said, well... Doctor Jesus took care of me, yep. <laughs> so do I get some of my money back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you still had to pay the bill. <laughs> well, no, I didn't get any money back. <laughs> thank goodness Jesus doesn't charge. He doesn't you don't charge. Thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> doctor still. Yeah, well, uh, doctor wanted his money. Well, that, that's. A, I mean, it truly is an awesome thing that you you know you experience this miracle. I'm sure that's been a. One of those pivotal moments oh, in your my life, goodness, right? Yes. I mean, yes. like, how's that kind of maybe helped be a foundation for you going forward? Well, I mean,
0: if there was ever any doubt that there's a God, yeah, you would think you got to be foolish to think there's not a God, yeah. And uh, and there's just so many you know things that don't add up. It has to be from an outside source, yeah, uh, of, from the Lord. And so, it, it number one, it gives me faith and and hope that. Everything's going to be okay. That's kind of my favorite saying now. Everything's going to be all right. Don't yeah. worry about it. You know, yeah. and uh, when so everything. like
1: when you face trials and tribulations, now you you know that this, you know, hey, God got me through that. Right. And whatever he has. Right, yeah. right.
0: There's nothing you can't handle without, yeah. with God on your side. So yeah, absolutely. you just kind of give have faith and believe. And...
1: and I'm sure that, you know, as we look at mountaintop experiences here, it was something that was a real low at first. Oh yes. And then you had this mighty high Absolutely. of this real miracle taking, you know, like for a lot of people they haven't seen like, you know, I think, I think all of us have experienced miracles in our, in our own right, way. Right. But that to me is like a, a major miracle, you know, that take right. took place in your life that you, you, you know, just the whole story of the doctor and how that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I
0: don't know if I ever told you the
1: rest of the story as Paul know. Harvey used to say,
0: um, <laughs> And I guess this was just my part of my life that Jesus was going to really show his presence. But I was home recovering in, the, in my bedroom, and my in-laws had come down. And I, you know, I couldn't do anything. I was laid up in bed. But um, they were going to go out and have dinner or do whatever. They were. I said, you guys go ahead. I'll just lay here and rest. Well, you know, part of me wants to say, oh, this must have been a dream. But I, I don't think it was because I can it's it's almost like one of those out-of-body experiences where I couldn't see him, but I felt him, Jesus at the front of my bed. And audibly I couldn't hear him,
1: yeah.
0: but I knew what he was saying. And he told me to do five things. Did he? He told me to go witness to the church what had happened to me, what he had done to me, for me. He told me to witness to my father-in-law, who was there. He told me to witness to my stepfather-in-law, and that's when I, oh, I don't want to do that, but I did. (laughs) Okay. okay. And he told told me to do a couple other things, and I apologize. I can't remember. There was four or five things. So... And it was just as clear as I'm sitting here talking to you today, and uh so so sure enough, my father was right there. I'm like, well, I guess I got to do this I don't know if I did it right now, obviously I was recovering, but I think it was the next time he came down from um for a visit yeah. and 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 the Lord, I guess just told me, but my wife had a Bible that she had got from her grandmother, and so i uh Something told me that should not have been her Bible. That should have been Mike's Bible, her dad's Bible. And he could hand it down to her. So I took that Bible and I witnessed to him and I gave him that Bible. And I said, I think this is supposed to be yours. And, you know, and told him, you know, where to read and, you know, how to, you know, talk to him about getting saved. And and he responded positively. Oh, good. I hope he, I hope he made that decision because he passed away a few years ago. Well, then, um, of course, then I went to my church. I, I talked there. And uh, I never forget this lady, about eighty years old. She came to me. I finished and went, Sonny, you're gonna be a preacher one of these days. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, you missed that one, sweetie. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, and then um, when I went, I had when I come up for the holidays, I I went to my stepfather-in-law, and this guy was meaner than a rattlesnake, and uh, so he was having health issues too. And I went in to try to witness to him. And I said, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about Jesus. You get the H out of my room. I don't want to talk to him. And that was it. He was not going to let me come near. And uh, so it's so funny that, you know, I thought of the verse, well, you know, you witness it. You throw the seed out. And sometimes you just got to pick up your sandals and head on out the door, like Jesus said, because they're not all going to respond.
1: And I, I, yeah, because you you were do, you were honoring Christ but doing right. what He told you to do. Right. You know?
0: That was hard though, because it was I knew He was going to be a difficult case, and He yeah. He was mad anyway. <laughs>
1: well, you never know what that you know that you never know what those seeds plant. Right. And yeah. That's why we got to do it right. Right. And you never Absolutely. Know, and sometimes Abs- we see those scenarios play out, and then the person that we thought would never accept Christ turns to Christ. Absolutely. And and, and uh, hopefully he did before yeah. he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. So. So has there been other mountaintop experience? I mean, that's that's a, a big one, of course. That's, that's the but biggest one. But has there been one. any other really, you know, experiences that you feel like God was just revealing things to you, speaking to you, or or just things that you'd like to talk about, and share that you know just just motivated your heart? Yeah, I, mean,
0: I would say um, the night my, Heidi and I had our first date um, because we had known each other in high school. Oh, really? We'd went out on one date. Neither one of us can remember it, so it apparently did not go away.
1: <laughs> it wasn't a wasn't a. It wasn't a, it wasn't a firecracker or anything like that, no.
0: But, but we, we were friends in high school. You yeah. know, she, she had some friends at Waterford, and you know, we, were, we were rival schools. We were the same age, so we would see each other. And, uh, but when I first moved back, uh, back in 2000, I saw her one time. She had her, had her two little ones then. And she was married, and uh, I just saw her. Hey, good to see you. That was it. That was the only time I ever saw her. And and uh, so I moved to West Virginia because, you know, again, life throws you a curveball. That was another low point. I lost my job. I'd never been fired in my oh, life. Oh, I thought you were going to say you no. moved to West Virginia. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. That wasn't. No, I was forced to move to West Virginia because I lost my job. And uh, that was a low point, you know, because I was <laughs> yeah. single then, and, and and you think you're doing your job, and you um, take pride in my work, and for them to tell you we don't, you know, we don't need you, you're not right. gonna, it's not gonna work out. That was that was. A whole, where was this at? That, that was this in? was up at at oh. uh, Easy Grout. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that was during the Great Recession. Yeah. And I was a national sales manager, so who are you gonna blame? You gotta blame the sales guy, Because yeah. you're not making any sales. But nobody at that time knew we were in a national, you know, we were in a national panicked i mean we were yeah. in the great recession so nobody knew that so uh you know my my owner was just reacting in a way that naturally he would react because he, he needed sales yeah so uh so i don't hold any grudge against that at all i just that was that was a low point for me yeah and then but i went down to Huntington, and uh, so when i was in Huntington, um again the church comes into play god comes into play i was before i left i went to first baptist of williamstown uh-huh well, First Baptist, I don't know if they still have it, but they had a fantastic divorce recovery group over there. So if you would go in a divorce recovery group, then they also had a singles group. And so I had went, I didn't go through the divorce recovery. Mine had been years earlier, but I went to the singles group. Wow. Well, Heidi had went through a divorce. And she went to the divorce recovery group, and, and she started going to this singles group. And so she was looking at the emails, and she saw Dan... MCC 45786 at Yahoo. And she's like, well, that's that's the zip code of Waterford. And is that Dan McCutcheon? So she emailed me, said, are you Dan McCutcheon? And I said, yeah, who are you? (laughs) I "I didn't know her last name. Yeah. And she's like, well, I was Heidi Newberg, blah, blah, blah. So I said, oh, okay. So we, that's, I tell her that she was, um, you know, what's that you call when, uh, stalking me stalking me yeah. <laughs> but anyway she she don't like that but anyway um so uh but so we started talking on the phone because she was living up here and I was living down there and uh so after you know three or four months I was up for the holidays I think it was the 16th of December or something like that and I said what well, well you want to go meet for dinner so we we met at Applebee's in Marietta uh-huh. and I'm telling you when she walked in that door I was like took my breath away and I'm like I'm going to marry that girl. <laughs> <laughs> and turns out she s- felt the same thing.
1: Really? Wow. Yeah, the That's same thing.
0: Awesome. So we knew within a week few weeks that we were going to get married. Now we waited a year before we got married cuz we didn't want people to tell yeah. us we were crazy, but we, we knew we were going to get married and uh, but that was God again. That yeah. was another that was another big high point where we um, you know, we met and we found each other oh, awesome. a little later in life. And, yeah. and so, uh, but it's been, you know, we just, well, we'll celebrate 11 years in January. So that's awesome. Yeah.
1: So, and I'm sure that, you know, you, both of you having that faith to share and, and just like you said, that you guys were kind of a little older. You kind of appreciated probably each other more than, you know, being younger and, you yep. I mean, and, and just seeing how you guys have grown. So that's, yeah. that's really good. Um, you know, we didn't really get a chance. But let's talk a little bit about your childhood. You shared a little bit. Of, I mean, I think you played sports and things I like did. that. I did.
0: I was the oldest of six boys. Oh wow! Uh, no girls. No girls. Mom and dad kept trying for that girl and finally gave up <laughs> after six.
1: So uh, we grew up
0: on a farm. Yeah. Uh, Mom and dad still live on a farm. Oh uh, really? Back of Waterford, about now 80 acres. Did you guys
1: have like cattle or? You we know. had
0: cattle. We had hogs. We had chickens. Uh, we we had uh, horses. We had a couple perching horses that Dad bought one time when he had been uh uh in in enduring in some uh, festivities and had a couple of too many drinks and brought home two perching workhorses. <laughs> Mom was very proud. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need this perfectly good tractor. We're gonna we're gonna use these horses.
1: <laughs> yeah. That
0: was funny. The yeah. neighborhood, they started putting up signs, you know about the, you know the McCutcheon horse farm and all this stuff. Just, just teasing him like it was.
1: Gave him a hard time. Huh?
0: Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, I was fixing fence one day and that, I had that and the horses were Jim and John and they're like the big Clydesdales. Perching horses are about the same as a Clydesdale, and uh, that that horse, I was fixing the fence and that horse came over and took my hat and ran off with it. And he's big. I mean, he's big hat, big horse. So I went over, and and I didn't know this, but Dad and Mom was watching this through the window. And uh, I'd go over to get my hat, and that horse would drop it. And as soon as I'd reach over, he he grabbed, oh. run
1: off. <laughs> he he knew, did that he, for like
0: ten minutes. He knew he was, he was having he, fun. He was having fun with me <laughs> at my expense. Uh, but but yeah, I had a great childhood. I mean, we 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 worked on the farm. We learned I was how to say work.
1: that you guys probably started your day off early. We right? did.
0: We we slopped the hogs. We we baled hay. Not with these round balers, these square bales, and we threw it in the haymow, and we uh, pitched a lot of pig crap. We we uh, uh, you know we fixed fence, and uh, you know it was it didn't take me long. No, I wasn't I wasn't going to be a farmer. I don't I'm not gonna be a farmer. <laughs> now. My brothers have been very talented. They're very talented at it. I was I was terrible. That's terrible. I shouldn't have known I was destined for sales. <laughs> so I'm not going to use my back. I'm going to use my mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's kind of nice that you had that realization yeah. as, a, yeah. as a kid yeah. and as a oh, teenager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: when I was remember when I was a little one, I was the oldest, and then Doug was two years younger than me, and he was a natural. I mean, he could he could drive an 18-wheeler and park it in a, you know, right in a splot. And uh, we were – dad was trying to dr- teach us how to drive tractors, and I don't know, we were maybe third or fourth grade, and – and Doug would just drive her real smooth. Not me. I'd pop the clutch. I'd have her over in the ditch. Everything. So didn't take long to figure out Doug was tractor driver. And, uh, Dan, you get in the back and sling the a bales. <laughs> but no, we had a great, great childhood. We played sports. Um, uh, most of us, except Doug, the farmer, and uh, but we five, the other five of us, all played. Uh, you know, football, basketball, baseball, and played a lot. And we had grew up in a neighborhood out in the country, and and. Uh, had a great childhood, oh, great. yeah. Great parents. Mom was able to stay at home, and dad worked at the steel mill. And um, then, but now we again we had we had rough times. Dad, uh, the steel mill, uh, got shut down. You know, yeah. they they shut down the union there back in the eighties. And I was about ready to go to college, and and uh, you know there was no money. It was it was kind of different different time. So uh, what did your dad do after that? Well, he went back to school. He went down to really? Washington State and got his chemical operator's license. Wow. He was probably in his 40s then, I'm guessing.
1: That's really good. And
0: uh and then he got on at uh, uh what's what is now uh uh-huh. down at uh, Willow Island yeah. down there and then he worked they worked at the plant in Marietta and then Willow Island. Then he finished uh, up at um Solvay, okay. up on Route 7, yeah. and uh, and he still works today. He'll be 83 in January, and he works for Heist Plumbing three days a week. Really? So he has taught me the He's a good work ethic. Yeah. He tried to retire, didn't like it, so he went back and works, and uh, it keeps kinda, him young.
1: It's kind of in his blood, I'm sure. It you is know, in his just, blood, yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. he grow up on a farm, too? Or?
0: Yeah, yeah, he was in the Navy, oh, wow. um, Scottish, and Irish, one of 11, 11 oh, wow. kids.
1: Big and, family, so you guys have big reunions. We do,
0: yes, yeah. A lot of, lot of food and reunion. You know, a lot of, yeah, a yeah. lot of stories. So,
1: so uh, you know, I know you shared. Uh, I love the one about the hat and the horse. So i have oh, to yeah. remember that. But is there any other funny sh- stories that you'd like to share, or anything that? How much time you got? <laughs>
0: um, one that I just thought of, and this is, tells you how smart we are. Uh, we were feeding the cattle one night in the in the barnyard, and Doug, my brother, was up at the top of the haymow. He was going to throw some hay down to feed the cattle and I had this brilliant idea I don't know how old I was fourth grade, third grade and uh, I said Doug, throw that hay bale on top of me You
1: you said that?
0: Oh yeah because I thought I had this in my mind that it would just bust open and that'd be fun like little leaves like planting leaves hay bales are heavier than leaves
1: And they're kind of stuck together, right? (laughs) That
0: that hay bale hit me and I dropped like a beef And 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 you invited that (laughs) on yourself. I I invited it myself. And my dad comes over and picks me up, and he's carrying me to the house. And mom said, "Is he dead?" Dad's like, no, just knock the wind out of him. So how old were you? Then? I'm thinking fourth grade, maybe fifth. I don't know. And Doug was Bobby. That, probably, that probably could have killed you. It could have. Yeah, I didn't do that again. Um, yeah. So we rode to pigs one time. Got in trouble for that one. Dad don't like riding the pigs. And I I uh, fell off a pig. Well Is it easy to ride a pig? <laughs> no, no, it's not easy. And and then I fell off. And I my hand I picked up my hand and here picked it up and there was a board on my hand because uh-huh. the nail had went through my hand oh, and the no. board was standing.
1: Oh, wow. So
0: Doug pulled that off, off to the doctor. We went to go get his tetanus shot. Yeah. So, but then we got in hot water cause you know, you can kill the pigs cause it was the middle of summer. We were off for school and we were riding yeah. the pigs when we, you know, dad was found we, out we, how it happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He wasn't a happy camper. No. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we, there was all kinds of stuff like that, but yeah. we learned how to
1: I know you work. shared some some people that influenced you before you came to Christ, but has there been other people that kind of have influenced you, kind of help you grow in your faith?
0: Absolutely. Um, one that comes to mind that we just we just had his funeral, Bob Reeder. Yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a big influence on my life because he Cause was a he was a, my PE teacher uh-huh. when I was from fourth grade up through elementary school, and then he was my junior high football coach, and then he was my high school football coach oh, wow. for a year or two. And, uh, and then when I went off to college and wanted to be a PE teacher, I came back and I was interviewed Bob and talked to him about being a PE teacher. So he was just a great role model. Great. I mean, he was a strong disciplinarian, but he was always fair and, uh, he just and what, he cared about you.
1: What was that paddle that he had? Yeah, oh, the one with the holes in it. Yeah, I, what was that? He named it the Punisher. Or no? Yes,
0: he. Yeah, he, I can't remember and what it was. He used it too. Thank <laughs> goodness you, I didn't. Yeah, it. I was
1: going to say, were you a victim of no, that? No, I was not.
0: But there was a lot of my classmates that were. <laughs> I knew to keep my mouth shut in his class, and uh, so. But yeah, he was a big influence. My mom and dad, were big influencers. They my taught mom. me that. The discipline of going to church and the discipline of working, and yeah. and I'm very blessed that they're still alive and we can still spend time together. Um, so they're they're a big influence because I feel very blessed because you know teaching school and and just living life. You see all these kids that are like they got a terrible home life. Yeah, and and we come home every night and we had food on the table and we we you know we didn't have a lot but we always had Christmases together and we had we got to do things together share
1: share family meals together and uh well right there you know i think that that's a, a big part of what people miss you know family you know yep. being together having a meal together sitting down with you know yep. your family absolutely you know that's that's really important i think yeah you know and i think that's something that we've gotten away from as a society oh my. Goodness. but it's very crucial uh just to have meals together you know have time together with people right. that right yeah
0: because i can remember sitting at the table and we you know talked about your day a little bit
1: and I
0: remember, that's where I learned you don't put ketchup on a steak <laughs> <laughs> my dad covered that pretty thoroughly
1: <laughs> did he have like a whole lecture oh yeah he's like
0: you don't put ketchup on a steak son I'm like okay <laughs> to this day they ask me you ain't it nope. nope nope it's fine <laughs> they still tease you about it or something no oh. no I don't know I just remember that sticking in my you know you you hear things from your parents that you they stick in there yeah and, uh,
1: you don't know why so I'm going to ask you this deeper question here. You know, what what would you want people to take away from your life? You know, what what do you want? What are, what are some things that that are maybe valuable to you that you'd like to pass on to others or for others to take notice of you?
0: Well, I think number one would be to be a, a saved Christian because yeah. you know we're just here for a little time. Yeah. It's all about the next life. You know, we're just here passing through, and forever is a long time. Yep and uh forever is going to be a lot longer than our, our 80 90 100 years we have here on this earth and uh so i would think number one you know dan's a christian and now he's going to heaven because he loves his god and loves his jesus loves jesus yeah and uh so i think that'd be number one uh-huh. um number two i would i would hope that uh you know people would learn that no matter how rough it gets you can always laugh and smile and have fun because I, I i do get complimented a lot because i like to. I like to laugh and I like to smile and I like to have a good time. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's this life can get rough, so you got you better enjoy it and, ma- and try yeah. to try to laugh or make, you know, get people to laugh around you. And, and and then the other thing is I I am very disciplined and work very very hard. You know, I've, I'm I'm you know, it doesn't mean anything because it's just material things, but I'm I'm proud of how hard I've worked yeah. in my career and and accomplished some things that You know, quite frankly, I never thought I could do. Yeah. And uh, especially
1: looking probably from when you were in the early 30s. Oh my goodness. To where God's brought you now. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But it's all God. It's all Jesus. You know what He's blessed me with. But, but you know, there's an old saying: God can't steer a parked car. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody's got to get in there and do a little work. Yeah. (laughs) So.
1: Well, I, I wanted to – one thing we didn't get a chance to talk about yet is about you being a chaplain, too, and how uh, you got involved with that. Did you care to share? And sure. He, you know, what school you represent and, and Absolutely. work
0: with. Absolutely. So, so my – about seven or eight years ago, um, my brother got hired as the head football coach at Waterford, my youngest brother. And he'd been coaching in the junior high and the Pee Wees and the whole time. And they were looking for a new coach, and, and he applied. And the stipulation was – if he got hired, he had to hire my other brother, who was his assistant coach in junior high. Because I think they thought, he's young, we don't know if we can do the, do the job, so bring his brother along. Then he'll <laughs> Well, so there's two McCutcheon brothers. Well, um, I'll never forget, he texted me that night and he said, Dan, I got the job. I said, well, congratulations, that's great. He said, you got any advice? I said, "Yeah, make sure you hire assistant coaches that are smarter than you." <laughs> I said, "Don't make you look great." Yeah. And so, anyway, he he came to me a, you know, a few weeks later and he said, "Dan, I I want to do a team prayer before the game and after the game. And I want you to do it if oh, you'll that's do it." Cool. And I said, "I'd be honored." So, and of course, I was traveling a lot with my job and I didn't but I, I worked it out cuz it's just Friday nights. I said, "I can't be there but other than Friday nights." And yeah. So, um so yeah, that's how it happened and we just uh, started, you know, started it with uh first we kind of started just yeah, I just say a prayer. And uh but now it's kinda of turned into I get a Bible verse and I let kind of God guide me that day or what Bible verse, depending on the situation who we're playing and yeah. what kind of story we need. Sometimes we need David and Goliath, <laughs> and sometimes we don't you know, and uh so um so then, then it's kind of expanded from there. And uh but and then and then like I was telling you earlier, now the team is praying on their own. Yeah. So it's it means a because, you know, they learn a lot about football, but I think they learn a lot about life on our team because sure. we don't because uh football will end one day, but life goes
1: on and Absolutely. you have to be ready to deal with it. And uh so, 'cause I'm, it, I'm sure that meant a lot to you that your brother oh you my know, goodness, thought yes. that of you. That it did. He it wanted did. you to do that. It did. It meant a lot to me. So but anyway, we – Just don't we, touch him on the sideline. No. Don't pull him back.
0: I'm the get-back get coach, so don't don't pull him back. He gets all bent out of shape, especially if we're losing.
1: He's so. probably more pleasant when he, yeah. when they're winning. He's okay yeah. with it. Yeah. Fortunately, he, he, we win a lot
0: more than we lose yeah. because he's no fun when we're losing.
1: I don't know very many coaches <laughs> are. You know? If they're a good coach, they're probably we're not happy. They're not happy. <laughs> Um so just talk a little bit about you know, uh, you know, Porterfield and how you guys started coming and, Absolutely. and you know, maybe some of your involvement here at Porterfield.
0: Yes. We um obviously Heidi and I, I was in West Virginia and then when we first got married, she moved down to Kenna with me. We kind of split it. I come up from, from the Huntington, Charleston area and moved to Kenna on seventy seven. Uh-huh. And so I could drive to Charleston. This is where I was working on the federal team. I was working locally in, in West Virginia. And then she would drive all the way up to Beverly. Um, so that was a pretty good haul, about an hour and 10 minutes every, each way. Oh, wow. And so we did that for about a year. And I got the job as a federal rep. And so I could live pretty well anywhere yeah. as long as I was fairly close to my territory. So we were at the beach. It seems like we make these big decisions at the beach. I think it's because <laughs> you look at the ocean, it's all peaceful. You know, it's gone, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. and uh, But um, anyway, we just I said, you know, our, we had a rental, couple of rental houses. I had bought some houses while I was working for Easy Grout. So I had some rental houses up here. And so one of the rental houses was going to become empty. And I said, well, you know, why don't we move back? And so uh, I didn't have to talk very long to convince her to have a 15-minute drive instead of, you know, yeah. an hour and 15. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's do that. So we moved back up and uh, so then we had to find a church. Um, so it was, um, so that's where we ended up. Uh, um, we visited, we actually, I don't know if we visited any churches. I think Porterfield Baptist was the first one we went to. <laughs> and you stayed. And we're like, this is us here. Oh, um, and I remember seeing Mark preach and, and we liked him and we met him. And we liked everybody around. I mean, it took a little while to you know get, get every, to kind get of to get, know get to know everybody because we didn't know anybody
1: here. Because
0: yeah. we're from Waterford, Beverly, so we knew people down that way. But uh, we knew the Youngs, uh-huh. um, so that helped. Yeah,
1: because they own that territory down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we knew
0: Sue and Troy Christmas. Yeah, because so, of Williamstown or? Because of the Williamstown Church. We yes, at, okay. Yep. And uh, I don't know if we knew anybody else. Heidi knew a couple people maybe. But that was it, and everybody else we've met since we came here. But you know, it didn't take long, and we were just felt like, well, this is home, and uh, and then you got to get involved. I mean, if you don't get involved with the church, you're just going to fade away. You gotta, you gotta put some effort into it and do some things for the church, and not just take. You got to give a little bit, and then
1: you feel part of something. In, in, if I remember correctly, parking lot was that your first entry in the service Mm, here, or was there some before? Uh, yeah, I, I, think I, think, I think that was. I think that's where I remember seeing yeah, you serve. And... I
0: think that was my first yeah. first thing. And um, you met
1: Earl. <laughs> I met Earl and I still park cars.
0: <laughs> no. Earl Earl he's he knows what he's doing. He's, yeah, he's got a mission yeah. and he sticks to it. Yeah. And then that's that's Earl. And,
1: uh, we all have to get Earl a little Earl, hard time. He's used to it, he <laughs> yeah. gets
0: a hard time. But um, but yeah, and I've still been parking. I don't know how many years we've been doing that. I'm still parking. Quite a cars. few, I think. Yeah, like once one month, once one Sunday a month. Yeah, and I always make jokes to my guys that we we park together. I always send a text message and. Put a little humor into it. Well, it's lucky us. It's our turn. We get to go out in the rain tomorrow. <laughs> you know, great like. forecast. Yes, right, exactly. So it's
1: twelve degrees. All right. Well, uh, you know, I, we don't often get to thank people for doing that. So I want to tell you thanks for serving out there because you know, like we talk about that, you guys are like the first, you know, people that the church. You know, if somebody's coming to the church. Yeah. You're our first line of first impressions, right? And that so, is. you know, you know, just helping people get a parking spot. That coming in late, you know, like yep. some people do, and oh yeah, you know.
0: yeah. There's a, they're Well, they end up across the street if they're too late because <laughs> we have been full lately. Yeah. I mean, full, full,
1: yeah. And, and so, I know that transition to uh, you getting even more involved. So, what are you? You're currently. Uh, I won't. I'll let you say it. But what are well, you? Well, I'm on the deacon. Yes. You asked
0: me to be a deacon, or you, or Mark, one well, of them. I can't remember we who We approached asked you about yep, it, right? Yep. <laughs> and uh, so I've been a deacon now for two years, and I've enjoyed that. Yeah. I'm disappointed I don't get to be here all the time for all the meetings because of my work. I'm covering 11 states, so I'm out of town so much. Yeah. But, but So parking, I can always be here because I don't have to go out on town on the weekends, very rare. So, um, But, yeah, um, get to be the de- one of the deacons. And then um, I've got to teach Sunday school class, which, yeah. of course, that brings back my... Teaching days, yeah, and I really did enjoy that. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed teaching. So I, I, I will. Uh, I wanted. I'll do that again. Absolutely. And, and then, um, I think that's. Uh, I think that's it. Heidi's been in the. Uh, she's helped with the uh, nursery, and uh, and then she did uh, Stephen's ministry. Oh yes, and uh, um, that's great. so. We're hoping once she, uh, you know, gets to retire here fairly soon. I hope, um, then she'll be able to get a little more involved in, in things too. As yeah.
1: Well. So. Well, I just want to tell you, Dan. I, I appreciate your heart, and and just your—I could, you could just tell you, you love God, you love Jesus, and you, and you love people. I mean, it just comes out of you uh, that you really do just have a genuine love, you know, and you can just see that enthusiasm that you have for life, and and I'm sure that's part of the miracle that took place too—that you 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 just have that extra enthusiasm because you recognize what God did there.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I could have been in heaven these last thirty five years or whatever it was, or thirty whatever it is, I can't. But uh um but you know, he he said, Nope, not time, you got more work to do down here so
1: Well just before we end this, I I do want to ask one question since you you have that expertise in sales, you know. A lot of times we think about sharing our faith, you know. What would you what would you say to people just kinda encourage them as maybe they feel backwards a little bit and like they're maybe embarrassed or feel like they what do I say or how do I talk about my faith?
0: Well, I think you just got to have a conversation
1: with people. It's just, and just find
0: out, you know, uh, you got to kind of use the experience, you know, use the situation you're dealt. So, you know, maybe if somebody's having a rough lot, you know, a rough rough day or a rough go of it, you know, maybe you talk about, well, you know, um, have you ever, you know, ever thought about? having Jesus on your side. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a guaranteed life insurance there.
1: (laughs) I like what you said there that you look for opportunities when, when, when somebody's heart is at that place where they need to hear that. Right. Right. You look for those opportunities.
0: Yeah. And when I'm, I do a lot when I'm, uh, I share my faith a lot when I'm riding with guys at work. And, uh, so far I've not gotten any grief about it. Um, you know, if they wanted to go to HR, I guess they could, but I just share, you know, Hey, you know, and I've got friends that are Jewish friends. So they'll, kind of share what their faith beliefs are. And, and, you know, and I had a friend that was a Mormon and we would kind of share, you know, so you kind of share and talk and, and, and you kind of just throw it out there. I'm very non-threatening. That's the way I am in sales. And that's kind of the way I am hoping approaching people. Um, you know, I, I was in, uh, Nashville not too long ago. And, uh, I was got talked to this young couple and they were leaving. They were, he was going to be, he's an FBI agent. And, uh, they were moving they were traveling from boston to vegas oh wow and i just and I, I i don't you know normally do this but i just i said you know what when you guys get out to vegas go find yourself a good church i said because you're going to need one and make sure you get to know the lord because you guys are young now you're just getting started but you're going to need the lord and uh so
1: and they they kind of okay okay so yeah. I don't know whether they did or not, but I tried to plant the seed. Exactly, yeah. you planted a seed in somebody's life. And right, you trust God with the rest, right? Right. Especially
0: plus, if you're going to Vegas, you really need
1: to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being doing this, Dan. And I'm, I'm, you know, we hope that this will help people get to know you and other people that go through this. That, you know, we all have a story and we all have a testimony. So thank you for sharing yours today. All right,
0: thank you. Appreciate it.